Christine Bentley in studio with Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to what she said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Who's on today, Kate? Well, you may know Carolina Barczyk as Michael Fassbender's wife in X-Men Apocalypse. Mm. She's going to be here in studio to tell us about a new film that she's starring in called An Audience of Chairs. It is based on the acclaimed novel by Joan Clark. It focuses on the mental health of a woman who doesn't know that she's bipolar. And it was um, quite an interesting tale of what Carolina had to, to go through to make sure she was getting the part right. Well, most people have heard of the women's liberation movement of the late 1960s. Are as we well. still protesting that? I mean, yes, really? Yes, <laughs> as well as the Me Too movement launched in 2017. However, there are small grassroots organizations focused on women's issues that you rarely hear about. We're going to tell you about one of them, which is right here in York Region and is celebrating its 10th anniversary this year. Mm-hmm. And neither of us knew about Sora Optimist, but nope. now we do. Now we do. Now we do. And I don't know if, if, if out there people have heard of Talent. That's T-E-L-L-E-N-T. It's an online resource for professional women to pursue their career and life ambitions through access to flexible work and return-to-work programs. Now, they recently conducted a survey of more than 500 women in Greater Toronto Area and Hamilton to find out how work can work better for them. So we are going to find out the results with founder Jennifer Hargraves. She launched this just over two years ago when she couldn't find any professional roles advertised with reduced hours or flexible schedules. Film critic Ann Brody will tell us what to watch at the movies this weekend. And our producer, Alex Simpson, has a chat with actors Kyle McLaughlin and Josh Wiggins, who star in Giant Little Ones, which is on demand now. It's about love without labels. And two best friends who are involved in an unexpected incident that changes their lives forever. We're letting Alex on the air now? Yeah, we are. (laughs) Of course we are. Um, Closing out the show in our studio sessions, we have singer-songwriter Annie Bonsignor performing Fingerprints. And it's contest time. Yeah, this is a good one. North America's largest touring magic show, Masters of Illusion, is back on April 1st in Toronto at Roy Thompson Hall. They will perform sleight-of-hand deceptions, interactive magic, comedic tricks, dangerous escapes, and jaw-dropping grand illusions. And... We have family four-packs to give away. Each is valued at $240. So go to whatshesaidtalk.com now to enter. And remember, you can check out whatshesaidtalk.com where you can find links to download our free Apple podcast. You can watch interviews there. You can connect with us. You can find out how you can get on the show. It's all good. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. 
Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. Well, most people are well aware of the women's liberation movement of the late 1960s, as well as the Me Too movement launched in 2017. However, there are smaller grassroots organizations focused on women's issues that you rarely hear about. And one of them is right here in York Region, and it is celebrating its 10th anniversary this year. Joining us now is Rosemary Reed. She's a member of Soroptimist International of York Region. What is that, you may ask? Well, she's here to tell us all about it. Welcome to the show, Rosemary. Thank you very much. Now, you've been a sore optimist for 29 years, is that right? That is correct. So you joined the Peterborough Club in 1990, transferred your membership to the SI York Region Club in 2014, but I understand you're one club that makes up Soar Optimist International, which has some 80,000 members with clubs in more than 120 countries throughout the world. So tell us about the organization. I'm terribly ashamed to admit I'd never heard of. So am I. <laughs> I, I uh, 80,000 people involved in something we don't know about it, Kate? What? I know. Well, it is a volunteer service organization, mm-hmm. primarily of women, and we work together throughout the world uh, to make lives better for women and girls through access to education. And I, um, I, the first club was founded in 1921 in Oakland, California, with 80 members. And the first uh, president um, of that club mm-hmm. said she would not join uh, the organization, unless it was international. And so that's why we are an international organization. And as uh, Kate mentioned, we have approximately 80,000 members in 122 countries worldwide. And so one of the reasons that we're not well known is because we do not spend adver- our program money on advertising. Mm-hmm. So it, all our money that we raise goes towards programs. So therefore, that's what, you know, unless we can get free free media uh, coverage, then, you know, the word doesn't get out. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, we're trying exactly. to get the word out. <laughs> so tell us how, uh, tell us a little bit about your fundraising. Okay. Uh, because I'm surprised that I wouldn't have heard something along the way, because we're both very involved in all okay. kinds of philanthropy okay. about, you know, fundraising. Okay. Our club annually holds uh, a comedy, Yuck Yucks Night, uh, each year, mm-hmm. in usually the beginning of March. And uh, we also have a Luna Fest, which will be held in May 22nd. And it's uh, short films made by women, for women, about women. They're amazing uh, stories. And we, in June, in, in celebration of our uh, 10th anniversary, we'll be holding a raffle. And um, the prizes, we usually have 10 prizes, each valued of at least $250. And the prizes and services are donated by local uh, businesses in York Region. Well, we're going so, to put up links to, to all of that okay, on, on our social media and, sh- and share it. But let's go back uh, back a little bit. What does Soar Optimist actually mean? Soar Optimist means, uh, Soro means uh, sister and Optima means... Uh, the best. Best, yeah. the best. And loosely translated, it means best for women. And that's exactly what we do. We try to make the lives, uh, make a difference for the lives of women and girls throughout the world. So how do you choose where your funds go? Okay. We, we any program that is education-related, now we do have, through our federation, which is Seroptimist International of the Americas, 
we have what we call the dream programs. And we have two programs in that area. One is Live Your Dream, a training and education award. And it is for women who are primarily the primary financial responsibility for their household. And they're returning to school. They can apply for a cash award. uh, And... um, That is one of our programs. The other one is called the Dream It Be It, and it's for for girls. Um, And we help them uh, with goal setting and uh, career development. And we usually have speakers that um, come in and talk to the girls about non-traditional career paths. And so it just gives them the encouragement to pursue something that they really want to do, but they feel that because they're a girl, they can't do it. So mm-hmm. it, is, it is a way to encourage them and to provide some support to them. So that, that's now, now the Live Your Dream Training and Education Award. That's helped more than 30,000 women since it began in 1972. More than $30 million in cash awards have been given out to the recipients. So now I understand your club will be presenting a woman with a cash award at the luncheon you mentioned on Sunday, March 24th. So can you tell us a little bit about how that works? Okay, so the uh, women apply and uh, they are judged at the club level. Mm -hmm. The first place winner at the club level goes on to compete at the region level. So at the regional level, there'll be because we have 14 clubs, there will be 14 uh, applicants for the region to review. The winner of the region then goes on to the federation level. And last year, we had our, intern, our uh, convention in Yokohama, Japan, and we presented three women with $25,000 U.S. cash award. And they were at the federation level. And it just so happened that one of the winners was from Western Canada. And we have been lucky in Eastern Canada as well. We've had Mm -hmm. some winners that go on to the federation level to win. So it's not just the cash award that is important to them. What's important to them is the recognition that they get because they have been recognized for their efforts to go back to school. Because usually these women have, you know, they've been in a poverty situation or they've been uh, uh, domestic violence, you know, and things like that. They have had to face obstacles in their, Mm -hmm. their life. And it's just the acknowledgement to them that what they're doing is important. And because I think it's tough. It's, it is tough. It it's is really tough. tough. Because they're raising children. Exactly. You know, maybe perhaps two, three, you know. What are the age limits or what are, what's the criteria for a recipient or somebody to be involved? At anyone, as long as they're returning to school, there's no age limit. As long as they're, they have dependents and they're returning to school to further their education. Well, so it's, 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 there's really no age limit on it. And that's fabulous because the report by the McKinsey Global Institute uh, found that if a woman's participation in the labor market was the same as a man's, it could add up to some $28 trillion. It could add that to the annual global GDP by 2025. So it's clear that women and, and girls are a force for change in their families and in their communities if given the right opportunities, and that's what you're doing. And that's exactly right because that is why Sir Optimus feel that education is the, the key to a better life because once you have the education, whether it's just about domestic violence or whether it's teen dating or whatever, the, the situation, it doesn't have to be formal education through college. As long as they're educated, they're able to make better choices mm-hmm. about their life. And, right. And they know that, 
you know, being abused is not the right thing to do just because maybe it's been a family, you know, it's happened all through their lives, but once they're educated about it, they know that they have other choices. Well, obviously it's quite popular because you have a few new clubs that are forming. Um, Does this happen on a regular basis? Uh, The last one was five years ago, but we just recently chartered a new club in Mm Kitchener-Waterloo on Sunday, February the 24th, and we're... Uh, actively working right now to charter a club in Barrie. Mm-hmm. And then we're also going to be working uh, on a club in Kingston. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So how did you get involved? Well, I was uh, working uh, at, it was Fisher Gage at the time. And one of the women I worked with, she was a seroptimist. And she got me involved at that time. And the reason I got involved was because I believed in the mission of helping women and girls. Um and not just at our local level, but at our global level. And uh, I also the fact that it was an international was intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. And I benefited from it personally because because I, as I grew and, and got in, more involved at the club level, the region and federation level, I you know gained valuable experience that I could use in my professional life. Um, okay, so so now how do other people get involved? Well, if they're interested in learning more about Seroptimus, they can contact uh, uh, me through our uh, club website, which is siyorkregion.ca, or they can contact me directly at 905-235-8849, and I'd be happy to talk to them about Seroptimus and how they can get involved. And whether they, even if they don't live in the York Region, we I could put them in touch with a, a, a club in their area. Okay, so the the um, the next event that you are having will actually be the Lunafest on May twenty second, right? Which is the films, which is a great thing to do. It is a great thing to do. They're great, amazing films. As I said earlier, about made by women, mm-hmm. about women, and for women. So it's they're really uh, they're really uh, well received. Okay. Thank you so much for telling us yes, all about exactly. it. Yes, exactly. This, this is fascinating. Well, thank you so much. I have my ears and eyes open now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much both for having me here today. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. (sighs) Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Stephanie Krasik, founder of Strain Print. If you want to learn more about cannabis and are curious about it and maybe are thinking about using it for yourself, check out strainprint.ca. Check out our community that we have, which is filled with wonderful people and great conversations. And download the app Strain Print for free at Google Play or the App Store. Have you met my friend Alfred? He's revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You know, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services is here to help. Wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your items with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA. And 
Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code WHATSHESAID. This is 105.9 The Region. Joining us now is Carolina Barczyk, who you may know from the movie X-Men Apocalypse. And she's here to tell us about a new film that she's starring in. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Now, the movie is called An Audience of Chairs, based on the acclaimed novel by Joan Clark. It focuses on the mental health of a woman who doesn't know she is bipolar. So tell us more about the film. So the film is actually based on a true story of a woman that lived in Nova Scotia. It's the story of a woman who was an up-and-coming concert pianist. She had her whole life ahead of her. She had a beautiful family. And she begins to suffer the effects of bipolar disorder, too. So there's two versions of bipolar. There's number one and number two. Number two is the more aggressive one, which she is afflicted with. And um, in a twist of fate, she accidentally puts her daughter is in danger and loses her family. She loses her husband and her career, her two daughters. Um, And in the end, it is a redemption story, but it is a a story of a woman who is suffering immensely from this mental illness. What was it like to play a character like that? Because I would imagine that there are so many layers that have to be peeled back as the the film progresses. Yeah, actually, at first, I didn't even want to do the part. I was so intimidated by the idea of one, playing a real person, and two, touching a very sensitive subject matter. So I spoke with the director, and we agreed that it would be important to have a psychologist's input on the film. So we hired a psychologist to go through the script with me and make sure that we were presenting a really truthful version of what mental illness can look like. Um, I went through, you know, the whole gamut of films that are out there about mental illness, and I, I found probably two that were kind of um, got the go-ahead by someone that I, I, sp- I worked with a, a, a musician who had mental mm-hmm. uh, who had bipolar disorder, and she gave me the two films that I should watch for reference and kind of ignore the rest because mental illness is such a mystery still, and and the way that people exhibit the symptoms can be you know there's a whole spectrum of it. So I wanted to make sure that I stayed true to what most people experience. So what you see in the film has been given the thumbs up by a couple of people <laughs> who are very who are experts in the subject. Okay, and the character is based on the author's real-life cousin. So I I imagine that might have added a little extra pressure. Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah, like I said, I didn't want to do anything on screen that wasn't true to life. So Mm -hmm. um, I watched The Shining to make sure I did not do any Jack Nicholson faces. Um, And we had spoken to the psychologist, and what she said was, never do anything on screen that you wouldn't do in real life. Because mental illness, we all... Mental illness is when our... um, nervous systems get out of whack. So, you know, if me and you are walking down the street and a car gets too close to us and honks really aggressively, our, you know, our nervous system will go up, but within a few minutes it will come back down. So we all have these very intense feelings, but what happens with someone who has bipolar disorder, it'll jump up, but it will not come back down. Or it'll go down, but will not come back up. So she said, never do anything on screen that does not feel real to you that you have not experienced in your life. So that was really a great, um, it kind of gave me like a, a, a layout of the behaviors that I can, I can do on screen. So what did you learn through this process? Wow, I mean, I, I did all the research that I, I come from a biochemistry background. So my background is always do research. So I, I studied as much as I could about mental illness. And um, I, I studied with a woman who suffered from bipolar disorder, who was also um, a musician. And 
And there's really a lot of positives that I've learned that people who suffer from mental illness don't have to go through such dark periods. There's ways of of learning how to manage your illness. So this woman that I spoke to, she, what happens with bipolar disorders, most people don't know they have it and it gets triggered at a certain point. A, tra- like a trauma will trigger the the illness to to manifest, and then you know in their twenties is when it really comes out. And this woman is she's such an incredible woman. She started exhibiting the uh, symptoms of men- of uh, bipolar disorder, but learned how to keep it keep it in check. For her, it was sim- simple things like don't travel late at night. Don't uh, make sure you're always hydrated. Make sure you always have food with you because it was just the slight things that would make us, you know, hangry, hangry yeah. that could spin her out of control. I have low blood pressure. And when I get hangry, I I have been known to like drive my car into a brick wall. Because yeah. I'm just like, like, come on, like, like, I need to eat here. I cannot keep going. Yeah. And, and that was a really positive thing that I learned that if... And she comes from a family of a lot of support. People stood by her and helped her get through this moment and figure these things out. And she needs to be on medication sometimes. Mm-hmm. And she figured out what dosage, what dosages she needed. And when she needed And when she needed it. And she right. was so, maybe it's because she's a musician, but she was so in tune with her body that she can see it coming and stop it. So that was a really positive thing I learned about, about bipolar disorder. Well, let's talk about you for a minute. You come from a biochemistry background. You worked as a travel writer. You have a passion for carpentry and home do-it-yourself <laughs> projects. What made you want to become an actress? Um, do you know what? I was studying biochemistry at University of Toronto, and I, oh, I've always loved movies. And I think I was so unhappy in my program because it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> and it's boring. Um, and I was going to movies, and I was looking at these actors going, they are having so much fun. And then I just, you know, kind of on a whim, I just started taking some acting classes. And then I applied to the Neighborhood Playhouse in New York City, and I went. And, oh, man, I mean, the rest is history. I couldn't go back. (laughs) So tell us about your DIY project. Oh, this is mostly just something that I do for fun. I mean, for a long time as an actor, it's really hard to earn a living. But I also wanted to have a nice home. And my dad is a very skilled carpenter, so I kind of learned some tricks along the way. And, um, yeah, I've just started building some things in my house and have cut myself numerous times and skinned <laughs> the skin right off my hands. But um, it's more just it's more of a hobby, especially with acting. You never know when your next job is. So for me, it's really important to have something that I can work on at home and, um, you know, get keep my hands busy. And also DIY is the most gratifying thing you can do because at the end of it you know you've got something beautiful sitting in your home this is your plan b this is my plan b no (laughs) i'm really hoping plan a works out (laughs) well some people say you should have a plan b and other people say no you should just never have a plan b go that's it focus on that i don't know what the answer is my mom was like yes just stick with your plan a and i'm like maybe i should have a plan b maybe i should apply to med school it's probably very therapeutic too to to be working on stuff it just do you find it hard when you get into a character like this to then when the when it shooting is over to kind of wean yourself away and back to oh, who you are? For sure. And also um, shooting schedules are so tight. So, you know, there's days that we're shooting 18 hours. And because I was the lead of this film, I was in every scene. So I'm working 18 hours in front of camera. But then when I go home, I need to prepare for the next day. And I also had to learn how to play the piano for this part. So I wasn't going home and resting. I was going home and working. So do that for a month and a half. And your nervous system is shot. When I got Mm. home, I probably, 
I was completely burnt out. I probably needed six weeks or so to bounce back into into normal. And you, you know how it is when you're working really hard and you get home and you're like, oh, finally I get to sleep. But your brain yeah. is still <laughs> going down. Yeah, the mm-hmm. brain is still going down the list of things that you feel like you need to do and then you can't relax. So it does take a little while for the nervous system to calm down and, and to get back into normal living. So what do you hope that people take or learn from this film? I think um, what this taught me was how much empathy that we need to have for people with mental illness. It's still, we've come a long way. This movie starts in the 90s, and we have come a long way learning about mental illness and how to approach it. For example, the the my father in the movie, at one point, he, he looks to my character, Mora, and says, come on, just snap out of it, because he's just seeing her daughter, his daughter acting erratically. But now that we know that there is, you know, there's a chemical imbalance or there's something Mm -hmm. happening to make her behave this way, I think we now know to say, like, just snap out of it. You know, it's like you'd never say to someone with a broken leg, just snap out of it. And I think that now we understand that it is an illness. Um, So I I do want people to um, feel the empathy for the character. And also, she's not a likable character. You don't like her always. She's pretty tough to deal with. So um, I want people to see that. There is the dark sides of it. There's also the beautiful sides of it. And there's a way to, you know, there's a way to live a normal life. I think the one thing that, you know, people are more aware of mental illness, but I don't think people understand that it really does affect all of us, even in the slightest way. There isn't, Do you know what I mean? There isn't anyone I've spoken to who doesn't have some kind of story about a family Something. Member, a friend, it it a may be mild, but but most of us have gone through periods where technically... It might not not be clinical, but technically we are suffering some sort of mm-hmm. hormonal or sure. imbalance or we go through stages. And I think once we realize that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's true. So an audience forgiving. of chairs is in select theaters now and it will be on CBC in the fall. Um, so, Carolina, where can people connect with you online? Find um, out what you're up to next. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram. It's at Carolina Barchuk. I cannot handle Twitter. It's just too much. So don't follow me there. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, on Instagram at Carolina Barchuk. Thank you very much for joining us Thank today. you so much for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Hi, I'm Stephanie Krasik, founder of Strain Print. If you want to learn more about cannabis and are curious about it and maybe are thinking about using it for yourself, check out strainprint.ca. Check out our community that we have, which is filled with wonderful people and great conversations. And download the app Strain Print for free at Google Play or the App Store. Let me tell you about my friend Alfred. Alfred has truly revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You see, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services are here to help. They include wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your garments off with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more today at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code What She Said. This is 105.9 The Region. Well, Saturday night at 8 o'clock, I know where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick my baby up and take her to the picture. 
DC had Wonder Woman, but Marvel's first female superhero springs into action this week with Brie Larson in the coveted role. Film critic Anne Brody is here now for Saturday Night at the Movies. And Anne, I remember her from The Room. How was she in this? She's such a good actress, and I'm sure that's why they hired her for this, because this is a pretty um, superficial film. So I think they put in the good actors in order to bring some depth doesn't mm-hmm. really work. <laughs> okay. It is so incredibly noisy and uh, like two-dimensional. And it's hard to see the story. And the story is so important. It's the origin story of something really big that I won't give away here. No spoilers. No spoilers. Um, so, yeah. So, she plays three characters who are sort of at war with each other. Was she a human? Is she an alien? Is she an enemy alien? So she meets all these characters who also have three or at least three different identities because it's all about shape-shifting. And my favorite is Annette Benning, who is the best thing in this film. Really? Yeah. And she, she has the key to on everything. Trucking. You should see her. She's stunning. Mm-hmm. Her hair is gray and very short the way mm-hmm. she wears it. And she, I guess she has blue eye, eye lenses in. Very and cool. she's so powerful. And her acting is really the meat of the story yeah and uh, yeah she can absolutely mm-hmm. grab a screen mm-hmm. can't she just yep. and you're just wow so last week you took us to drug wars in colombia with birds of passage and this week to brazil with another <laughs> More drug drugs. war drama triple <laughs> frontier what's going on and it is excellent it was on the short list for the best foreign film uh didn't make it unfortunately but <clears throat> yeah so it's uh it's got um Four very well-known actors, Ben Affleck, Charlie Hunnam, hum ba 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 Oscar Isaac, and uh, another fellow who I don't really know that well, Pedro Pascal. So they play ex-secret intelligence op- operatives, like mm-hmm. Navy SEAL-type people. They've retired. They're shot full of bullets. They have no money, no prospects. They have PTSD. So one of them comes up with an idea to use their skills to get something back for themselves. So they head out to the jungle. There's a drug mogul. Is that what you call it? Drug boss. Drug lord. Drug lord living in the jungle somewhere in his house, which is under constant surveillance, and he never he never leaves. Somewhere are multi-millions of dollars. So they decide to go down there and crack it. They mm-hmm. train. They get ready. They go down. They get the money. And then the trouble starts. They hop in their plane to get off to the coast, and it crashes. So from then on, honestly, it's like Homer's Odyssey. It's just the worst. (laughs) Everything that goes wrong goes wrong. And honestly, my heart was pounding out of my chest watching this. So a good a good very good. Very good. If you can stand it. Oh, <laughs> stand <dear>. the pace. <laughs> what about something totally different? An audience of chairs. Yes, that's based on an award-winning novel and it was shot uh, not in Cape Breton where the novel was set, but in Newfoundland by a group of artists who um yeah, all Newfoundlanders. Uh, and it's about a woman who, a single mother who lives by the ocean. Her husband allows her to have the children. She has, she has severe bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. She's also practicing to enter a contest to become um, a, a classical musician in a job that will change her life and the children's life and everybody's lives. So she has all these pressures mounting on her and she collapses. So the children are taken away from her possibly permanently, 
and we see how she copes. And she copes by playing piano more and more and more. She refuses to take medication. So it's very much a psychological journey. Uh, um, a little bit hard to take. Okay. What about um, Martin Clunes? Because he's got a huge fan base, and he is got a new crime drama, Manhunt, on Acorn TV. Yeah. Talk about switcheroos. And on my on the blog, I have a, an example of him in Doc Martin, which made him so famous, and of him in Manhunt. Doc Martin is this horrible doctor in a small town, and he's a curmudgeon. And this Manhunt fellow is so brilliant, so laid back, so vulnerable, and yet he's a lead detective. So the first case that he has in London, and all this, all the locations are authentic London locations. I looked them up on the map and followed their action. Um, the first case is a French girl who's found dead in a park. And we had this recently, I guess, another person dead in a park. But <laughs> So <clears throat> he investigates, and he is just beyond brilliant. Martin Clunes can do anything. So highly recommended on Acorn. Okay, so March break is next week. So Mary Poppins is out on DVD. When does that come out? Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. Um, And now what Cineplex is doing? Something free. Uh, nearly free. $2. Nearly dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I give you two dollars. Yeah, two. So they're yeah. running a series of kids' films. Just a terrific lineup, um, and it's on the blog. Actually, uh, I think it's two ninety nine. We yeah. better be careful. Two ninety nine. Where'd you get two ninety nine? It's in your notes. In your notes. Oh, in my notes that I wrote. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's family. Two ninety nine. There you go. Just a quick well, yes. correction there. So there's that, and there's also events at uh, Lightbox. So there's a little bit of something out there for I, every kid. I have to see this. Paw Patrol, Mighty Pups oh. with a new short Mighty Pups. Well, we should have Billy in here to show everybody. But yeah. She's Absolutely. not here. Her, yeah. Christine's new little wee one. Little wee one who's not so little wee anymore. He doubled his size in a few weeks. She did. She She did. She did. She's growing. So Cineplex events, they've got Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, Smallfoot, Paw Patrol, um, Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. It's it's all good. $2.99. Wish I was a kid. And whatever we didn't talk about is on our website. On Anne's blog. On Anne's blog. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. A teenage boy struggles with his attraction to his male best friend in Giant Little Ones. The movie stars Kyle MacLachlan and Josh Wiggins in a story about love without labels and what happens when two best friends are involved in an unexpected incident that changes their lives forever. Our producer Alex Simpson sat down with both actors to talk about the film. Take a listen. I thought it was supposed to be socially acceptable these days for kids to experiment. Do you really think he's into you? You know, I have a pretty good idea what you're going through. I mean, we both had friends turn against us. Kyle, Giant Little Ones was fantastic. Tell me, what was it that made you want to sign on to this film? Um, Well, a couple things. As you can imagine, um, um, I was contacted through my agency. Um, they sent me the script. I thought the script was wonderful. I thought it was a, a terrific story. Uh, and the character in particular was such a departure from what I had just done, which was the Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, and playing those three, three characters yeah. in there who were radically different. And I thought, oh, here's a, here's a real guy. He's a father. Um, I'm the father of a 10-year-old. Um, so I could relate to that. Um, had great conversations with Keith, the director, and um, he, and and Maria as well, and it just felt like it was a it was a good thing to do. Um, and there wasn't a huge amount of 
agonizing over, you know, should this be the next thing I do? It was like, no, this is actually a great story, and I like the characters. So pretty, yeah. pretty simple. And I was watching an interview with Keith, the director, and he said that they actually had a lot of trouble finding young men to sign on to the film because of the nature of it. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I think that the um, both of the roles were fantastic for, for young men to mm-hmm. do. Um, I think um, the the emotional range that both of the actors got to to work through was um, was was impressive and and to be honest, I, there are not that many uh, I don't think that many opportunities uh, as a young actor to to really be able to tap into those areas. I think um, this of course is coming from the wizened old <laughs> seer that I am. So, um, but uh, I I had. Uh, when I had heard that same thing and I was surprised by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do you hope specifically young people take away from it? Because I think there's a lot of lessons in there. There's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. You know, I, I mean, I'm old, but I remember high school. I don't think you ever forget high school. Yeah. And it's a very difficult, it's a very difficult way, place to navigate through as, mm-hmm. as, a, as a young adult. Mm-hmm. You're, tr- you're really trying to, you're trying to fit in. You're trying to find your place. You're trying to create some kind of some kind of reality for yourself that seems to jibe with what you think is happening inside and i think the film really does a great job of of kind of navigating those waters and and exploring and 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 exposing how difficult those those years really can be you know Mm -hmm. and that last scene in the apartment tell me about what it was like filming that it was uh you know, really what I'm trying to say to to Josh, who plays my son, is is just don't don't beat yourself up, really, you know, and, and, and don't think that this that one incident or one moment is a defining for your life, you know. Very hard to get that lesson across to someone at that age, you know. I mean I think we're all guilty of that at yeah. a certain time, mm-hmm. particularly those those years. Mm-hmm. You you know, you're so desperately you so desperately want to have some kind of like a tent pole you put it in the ground and this is who i am you're trying to find that and that's just not the way life works and i just tried to explain that to him as we spoke kyle thank you so much what a pleasure to meet you Josh, so great to see you. It's been two days since I saw Giant Little Ones, and I can't stop thinking about it. At such a young age, you've played such a wide range of roles, and now we have this. So tell me about your role in this film. Yeah, uh, I play Frankie, who's um, just a really sweet, nice kid. He's very comfortable with with where he's at in life and in his social life. And uh, him and his his best friend, Ballas, have this experience together that kind of comes out of nowhere, and it kind of shakes the foundation of their friendship and the foundation of, of their respective social lives. And so you see Frankie go from just a really outgoing, nice kid to kind of devolving into the shell. And so it's a really, it's a really nice arc that you see throughout the movie. Yeah. And that plot twist, like uh, going into it, I thought it was going to be really like every other gay movie, like kind of like formula, but it's really told from a different perspective and a different point of view like there's a lot going on yeah it's cool you say that because that was my reaction too is that it, it really goes places that you you're not expecting over that that source material you know? exactly, yeah yeah and it's it's told in a very a very respectful way because i think 
a lot of these movies uh, that try to say something and try to say something good can t- sometimes fall into this trap of attacking one side and like embracing the other. And so you're just preaching to the choir at that point. So you got to keep it, try and keep it objective. You're trying to reach the people that you don't think are going to be like interested in that. And so I think that's something that this movie does really well, and I hope that it achieves that. What do you hope people take away from this movie? Oh, man. I mean, the the tagline, you know, love without labels, I think it's, it's something that's used a lot. But I, I really hope that, you know, people can understand that it's okay to, to not... I mean, when you're growing up, there's so many stigmas out there, and people can be so afraid of, of what they feel. And that's just a part of growing up, is finding out what your sexuality is, or, or even if you can't define it. And I think that that's something that a lot of people can struggle with, and I, I think that this is something that that movie can help them with. Awesome. Josh, thank you so much. Great to meet you. Yeah, you too. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for a better brunch? We found it for you at Draco Restaurant, inside the spectacular brand new Toronto Marriott Markham on Enterprise Boulevard. All your delicious brunch favorites, plus signature cocktails, every Sunday from 10 till 2. Take our word for it, you'll love the space and you'll love the food. It's easy to reserve now on opentable.ca or call 905-489-1400. Elevate your brunch, Sundays at Draco. Hi, I'm Stephanie Krasik, founder of Strain Print. If you want to learn more about cannabis and are curious about it and maybe are thinking about using it for yourself, check out strainprint.ca check out our community that we have which is filled with wonderful people and great conversations and download the app strain print for free at google play or the app store this is 105.9 the region well have you heard of talent it's an online resource for professional women to pursue their career and life ambitions through access to flexible work and return to work programs so joining us now is the founder and ceo jennifer hargraves welcome to the show thank you so much for having me okay so you launched talent just over two years ago when you couldn't find any professional roles advertised with reduced hours or flexible schedules that's And you recently conducted a survey of more than 500 women in the greater Toronto and Hamilton area to find out how work can work better for them. So tell us about the surprising statistics that you found. Well, first of all, it, just a little bit of background on this survey. Mm-hmm. Um, we're hearing, you probably hear a lot in the news about how diversity is so important, flexible mm-hmm. work is so important, and you're hearing more and more companies saying, we just can't find the women to get into our leadership roles. And I was hearing the opposite from women. So for me, it was really important to sort of figure out and hear the real story for women on what was going on. We have on one side what companies are saying, and then on the other hand, what women were saying. So I really wanted to get into... Uh, 
and understand what it was that women were having trouble with in the workplace and not just what companies were saying they were having mm-hmm. trouble with. So a couple of the statistics that I found particularly interesting were that 68% of women take a career break. That kind of blew my mind. That's over 50% of the population is going to take a break from their career. Well, is that because of a maternity leave or having a baby? Because, you know, we do need to do that. This is true. We do. So I, we defined a career break as taking a break from your current career path or trajectory. So some people interpreted it as um, a maternity leave and other people didn't. So the average career break, the length mm-hmm. of it was two and a half years. We had respondents saying anything from three months, um, which is my guess where they've had a transition of some sort from one career into another. They took a three month break. As a career break, we've got maternities as a maternity leave as an option of a career break. But then we have women who have been out of the workforce for upwards of 10 years on a career break. Would going back to school count in that survey? Yep. Where maybe they're trying to upgrade to a better career? Yep. And a lot of the women that we surveyed, actually, the number one reason that people took a career break was for having children. Um, but that was also followed by career transition was um, was one that was up there. And health and wellness was another one that showed up quite a bit. And it was also um, surprising. 20, 22%, I believe, of the women who took a career break were not parents. 27%. 27, sorry. I have, I have it right here. <laughs> right. 27% of women who took a career break were not parents. So this is Another thing that I found quite surprising as well is that it's not just parents that are taking a career break. It's um, a lot of women are. So what percentage of women who took a career break wanted to go back to work? Actually, 97% said that they would consider going back to work. Almost 80% said, yes, I definitely want to go back. And 20% were sort of sitting on the fence there. So that's pretty close to 100% of women want to go back to work in some capacity. Um, But what was interesting that I found actually quite shocking and and a statistic that I think companies need to pay more attention to is 78% of the women who take a career break don't want to go back to the same organization. Um, And this was because of a lack of uh, support, a lack of supportive environment, a lack of flexible work options within the company, um, and a lack of aspiration to lead within the organization. So their vision of leadership doesn't appeal to them anymore. Um, Another statistic I found quite interesting was that women often go through a value shift, which may seem quite understandable when when you're talking to women after you've had children. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, your your value shift and what's important to you and what success looks like starts to change. And it's no longer defined by work. And I think we work for so we work so hard for so long towards our certain goals and we kind of get there. Um, We're having children later. Uh, So we start having our first children after we've been in the workforce for over 10 years now. Uh, And we think, what have I been working so hard for? Especially when you start seeing your male colleagues pull ahead of you, uh, the gender pay gap widens, um, it's not a supportive work environment, you don't have the flexible hours, you're effectively doing two full-time jobs. The survey also indicated that 58% of the women who are working are the primary caregivers. So all of a sudden, there's this big shift on, well, what am I doing this all for? And wouldn't I be better to go off and do something else outside of the workforce? So what should companies do? 
Well, I think there's quite a few things that companies can do. The very first thing I would say is have an open conversation with your uh, female workers. I think that's probably number one is find mm-hmm. out what they really need and want in order to thrive in the organization because ambition doesn't wear off with the epidural. We still have ambition. It just shifts. So we're now right. we're looking at what's more important. So you'll also see a rise in the side hustle, uh, Mm -hmm. the rise of women leaving the workforce to start their own companies uh, and pursuing volunteer opportunities, education, and other things outside of the the traditional workforce. Mm -hmm. Um, So companies can start by having a conversation. I would say that's definitely one. Um, We know, I know a lot of um, people, I think 85% of the people in the direct selling association are women who have left, actually left corporate jobs for the same reasons that you're talking about. Because they have complete control now yeah. over their time, over their income, um, and they've got all the flexibility to do it. It makes it makes complete sense. You think of Avon, that's where sort of the direct exactly. selling started. Yeah. Um, and that was to give women a bit more control or something to do with something constructive to do mm-hmm. with their time and earn some income, um, where they had the, the flexibility to do it. So... so yeah. Is there any resentment? Did you hear any resentment in this survey towards their spouses or their partners who weren't pulling their weight? That it was kind of up to them to figure it all out, to bring in some money, but the kids needed to be looked after? Because I've heard that a lot. Yeah, and it, and it's still true, as is evidenced again with the number, 58% of women are still the primary caregivers. If you look at their... the with the women working whose partner was the primary giver, 2%, um, which is crazy. And this is not just a work problem. This is a societal problem because as women, we are told, uh, certainly my generation was told, go to university, study hard, work hard. You can achieve whatever you want. Um, You are equal. You can have it all. And we go to do that, and that works for 34 years. And then I have my child, and I'm told to, I should be at home. Um, what's more important, uh, you know, value the time you have while they're young. They're not going to be young forever. Um, so you're certainly put in these gender roles uh, by society, by your partner, by work. It's all sort of continues to be reinforced. Now, you, you've partnered up with a couple of organizations, other organizations, um, to you know, to figure out like what's going on. So tell us about that because one just got launched this week with the Turn Lab. Yes, we're very excited about the Turn Lab. Mm-hmm. Um, the Turn Lab are an integrated advertising agency. They're part consultancy and part advertising agency and part strate- strategy. And they are a startup company, so they have a very agile mindset. And they're all about looking for talent in unconventional places. So for women who have had a career break, the average career break is two and a half years. To get back into the workforce, there exists a number of um, barriers to coming back in. Mm -hmm. So the Turn Lab are interested in creating a program to leverage the talent that's out there and bring them back into the workforce. So this program we launched, it's a 12-week paid internship for women that's part-time. So we looked at what women need and want to get back into the workforce successfully, and we developed a program specifically for that. Are you still accepting applications? We just launched, and applications are open for the next two weeks. Awesome. Ooh. And what's about uh, Think Data Works? Think Data Works are also a startup company. They're in technology, and uh, they're struggling to find skilled talent. Skilled female talent is obviously an issue that the STEM industries are facing. Mm-hmm. And they're looking, again, for 
new ways to find talent. So what they're doing is looking at women who have had a career break in the technology field, and not just technology, actually, but they want to bring them back into the workforce, again, through a supported returnship program. Mm-hmm. Amazing. That's, mm-hmm. that's terrific. So how do people connect with you? What's your website? All that kind of information. Well, uh, I would recommend our Facebook group is very engaged and active. Um, and that's We Are Talent is our handle for everything. Uh, same with our website. So it's T-E-L-L-E-N-T. Think French for female in talent. Okay. So we Are Talent, yes. All right. And, and, and again, so that's the Facebook group? And what about, and you can connect to these internships and the other programs? Yes, it's all on our website. If you go into the homepage, we have champion employers, and there are other employers who really value diversity and supporting women. Um, We have a law firm on there as well, Frost Law, uh, supporting female lawyers, another industry in which women are being challenged and to getting into senior level roles. And just quickly, yes or no, are you accepting bids from other companies who may be interested in offering something through you? A hundred percent. And if there are companies out there who value women and who want to see them thrive and the contribution that they can Mm -hmm. give, please get in touch with me. We'd love to showcase what you're doing. Talent is really all about matching great companies with great talent. Jennifer Hargraves, thank you so much for joining us today and telling us all about talent. Thank you for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Let me tell you about my friend Alfred. Alfred has truly revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You see, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services are here to help. They include wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your garments off with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more today at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code WHATSHESAID. This is 105.9 The Region. I was searching, now it's making sense. The time is now, the time is now. What you are listening to is Fingerprints by singer-songwriter Annie Bonsignor, who joins us now in studio. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you so much for having me. For people who may not know, you were born to a large musical family of uh, not six, but seven seven children. children. Yes. Wow. Hardly ever happens these days, but anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And you've been composing music since the age of eight and singing professionally by 10. Mm -hmm. So uh, tell us about that. Was that just to drown out the noise of the rest of the kids? Uh, (laughs) No, actually, both of my parents are musicians. My mother's a music teacher. My father's a musician himself. So it was really ingrained in me from a very, very young age. And I didn't really have an option but to do music. (laughs) So... um, 
And also all of my brothers and sisters are musicians themselves as well. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Although I have lost three brothers. So uh, the music, sorry, I'll let you ask the questions. <laughs> yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, well, the music that I write is very inspirational. Um, when I... When my brothers died, I was writing music that was very dark for most of my life. And then mm. about four years ago, things changed and uh, my whole perception of life changed. And now I write very inspirational music. Well, you just released your third studio album called Durban Girl. Yes. Which features legendary Nashville musicians as well as Toronto's top yes. talent, mm-hmm. serving up nine originals and one cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it, it seems to bring to the front many of your eclectic influences. Mm-hmm. Explain mm-hmm. how it came about. Um, well, you know, it's a collection of these nine songs that have been written over the course of about 10 years. Uh some of them, uh, well, actually, most of them were selected by Fred Mullen, who's my producer. And I was BB King and Billy Joel. Yeah. And he produced them. That's yeah, not bad. He's, no, no <laughs> he's pretty amazing. And I was very, very lucky to, uh, to meet him and to get to work with him. Uh, but yes, I just, I don't really have any borders with regards to my music. I like to just do my, my thing and be true to the music and to myself. Well, so what's next? Given that uh, you may be really positive, a, ba- a baby, well, a baby. <laughs> I mean, I mean, are you already sort of? Well, I'm planning a lullaby album as well. <laughs> Seriously. And uh, aside from that, I'm just launching um, my YouTube channel, which I'm releasing my own videos uh, as well of vocal training exercises, and because I teach voice, and uh, just planning the next the next musical projects. So where can people find you online? They can find me at Annie Bonson, Your Music. Uh, They can purchase my music there as well. All of my albums are available there. And if they like, they can go and like my Facebook page at Annie Bonson, Your Music as well. And YouTube, subscribe. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. That is it for What She Said Today. Singing us out now in our live studio sessions is Annie Bonsignor performing... Uh, This song is called Fingerprints and uh, it's my awakening song, which is a little weird, but here we go. the fall heard the call saw the sign 
and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four Kids Flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.